Happy Friday, drag lovers. This week's guest is Crystal Faw. We talk about so much in this episode, and I learned so much. Writing this intro felt near impossible. We talk about the evolution and importance of language, diversity, inspiring past programming, and future exciting events, and just so much more. Crystal is informed, well-spoken, and radiates fierceness, but is also warm and patient. On with the show. Okay, so it seems good. So welcome, Crystal Faw, to Sarnia Famous. I am absolutely delighted to have you here today. Um, The first thing that I want to say without forgetting is as a fierce and loyal ally and someone who believes that they are well-read, well-educated, I want to create an environment where you are comfortable correcting me. If I use a term incorrectly um, or an outdated term or if I'm off base in any way, I will not be offended. I want to say the right thing. I want to to continue to be that fierce and loyal ally. So please do. But yeah, so Crystal, you are a co-founder, I believe, of Diversity Ed in Sarnia. Um, And because I'm trying to get the show to branch off into that drag space, a friend of mine recommended that I get in touch with you and was a stroke of genius. So I'm, I'm delighted that you're here. So welcome, welcome. We are so excited to be here. Yay. Yay. So first thing um, I was thinking, if you wouldn't mind giving kind of the origin story of Mm -hmm. Diversity Ed, just to let us know how that came about. Yeah, absolutely. So Diversity Ed started way before we had a physical space. And it started because I was heavily involved in the 2SLGBTQAI plus community. I actually helped co-start the Spectrum program at Sarnia Lampton Rebound. And, you know, Rebound at that time really took a leap and said, you know, these are youth that we need to support in the community. And that came with a lot of backlash that came from folks, you know, saying they didn't want their kids to go to Rebound now because we were, you know, encouraging Mm. youth to be gay, you know, people wanting to withhold donations. And, And so that's sparked my attention. I thought, why would people even think that way? And in that time, I was also a part of a lot of um, provincial youth forums. So we would go away for a week at a time with youth from across the country and really get to know them and, and, and see how isolated they were. You know, they came together from all these different provinces and cities and realizing a lot of them were coming there with not a lot of friendships, maybe not supportive um, living arrangements. And so I was like, this has to change. And, and that was really the spark of how diversity had started. And so in the meantime, I educated myself. You know, I kept working in the field. I became a public educator on, you know, gender and sexual diversity. I do that across the country. And then I was like, okay, Sarnia's ready. We need a space. You know, we, we're not going to hide anymore. And so, you know, we lucked out, got in a beautiful space downtown on Christina Street, and we just started programming. And we have been busy every day since. And it's been fantastic. I, yeah, I'll say you've been busy. Just in researching for today, there was more than I could probably write down in terms of events. You kind of got your hands in in every little every little thing like stuff for the kids, stuff for the adults, stuff for the community in general, and it it breaks my heart to hear that that is where things started. But it, one of the things that stood out to me when I was researching was the different programs that you have for the kids. 
which mm-hmm. it sounded really cool. Like it stood out to me, <clears throat> excuse me, that you will go to schools, if I'm understanding correctly, yep. and help them create their uh, gay straight alliances. They're actually called gender and sexuality alliances. Gender and sexuality. Thank you. Yeah. No, because they were historically called gay straight alliances, but then it ex- excluded a lot of people. Yes. And so, yeah. So that language is updated. Gender and sexuality alliances. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, because I remember the first time I got to join one was in university. There was nothing like that in school when I was, you know, in grade school. And I definitely would have joined. So that's super cool. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and, and maybe the experiences you've had going into schools? Absolutely. So we've we've had lots of schools reach out to us. So in the high schools, we currently have quite a few of the high schools with GSAs, which has been amazing. And they've been doing a lot of advocacies in their schools. But also with time, I think that, you know, sometimes the GSAs within the schools become watered down. And when I say watered down, I mean, you know, lots of youth feel isolated even from without our community. And so sometimes our youth have said, you know, the GSA isn't doing what it used to do, which was Mm. about educating and coming together and talking about our shared experiences. Um, You know, sometimes now what we're doing at one of our local high schools is we go there once a month and we uh, do a drop-in at lunch and they can just come and like hang out with folks who are facilitating from outside the school um, to really kind of steer where they want to go and talk about advocacy and how they can bring that into the school setting, which I think has been amazing. We've also started working with elementary schools. I think we currently have three elementary schools in um, Lambton Ken District School Board that have GSAs. So we've provided them with this beautiful document that we came up with that was pretty much how to start a GSA from scratch, you know, getting parental and caregiver buy-in, talking to your school board reps, and really making it easy for whatever staff leader has decided to take this on. And so it's been beautiful to watch. Um, Actually, I believe it was either this year or late last year, the GSA at P. McGibbon made a donation to us, which was so amazing. You know, like they're even learning to give back to their community and, and, and it was so special. And I love watching those groups grow and then mentor other schools on how to do that successfully. That's such a good point too, you know, um, having your peers in that group doing the same thing, helping spread that message. So when you say uh, facilitating outside of the school, do you mean having like speakers from outside coming in to talk to the kids? Well, it would be us coming in. So we're not employees of the school board. So having having that outside queer trans-led organization kind of coming in there we might get to hear more stories, more of what's really going on. And so that's been fantastic. And the schools that we're working with, their their leadership have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really dedicated to making sure to try and have safer spaces in high school. We're never going to have a safe space at high school. That's why we're not called Diversity Ed Safe Space Canada, because that doesn't exist. It doesn't matter where you go. There's the potential for unsafety, but it's how we manage that situation. And that's what we try to teach when we go out there and we support folks. Mm-hmm. It's such a good point, too, that uh, making it easier, finding ways to support the teachers that are taking those. Um, I don't know if risks is the right word, but wanting to probably without knowing how to go about it, make those spaces for the kids because they're invested and and Mm -hmm. it's nice that they have that support from you guys. This was something too that I talked a little bit um, with Dave Doucette on my episode with him about the uh, role models 
that kids are exposed to and the younger they're exposed to them the more the world is open to them and Mm -hmm. and one thing that we talked about was drag story time which I love I think it's fabulous because yeah right from go little ones are exposed to all different kinds of ways that they can blossom and but I know there's a lot of controversy around drag story time and I'd love to hear your perspective on that Absolutely. So I am a huge fan of drag story time. I think that it's so beautiful to give young people the opportunity to sit and experience these books about kindness, these books about inclusion, these books about all different types of families, these books about learning that we're, we all have something special in us. And that's what these these drag story times are. And when we have drag artists that come and read these stories, it's showing our young people that you can be exactly who you are no matter what, mm-hmm. right? And and that's the special part that drag artists bring to those, those moments and those events is that they really allow kids to be free for who they are, right? And realize that clothing is just that. It's clothing, right? There's no boys' clothes and girls' clothes. And all kids play with gender. All kids, that's a natural part of child development. But then we have some young people and some kiddos that don't fit in those gender roles that we've assigned them. And then they get to experience this place where I'm not the only one. I'm, I'm actually special and it's beautiful and it should be celebrated. And that's what these drag artists bring to story time, right? That, that little piece of a safer space for them to be themselves. And if they want to wear their pretty tutu to story time, they can. And it's just such a wholesome environment. And I absolutely love them. And I think that we should have them more often mm-hmm. because they do. They, they brighten these kiddos' day. And I know that they brighten those drag artists' day. Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm a, a librarian and I do story time. And I the point that you just made about the books. So I could choose to read these books. And I do at my story time. The difference is the delivery, the person who's delivering it. They're getting the message from me for sure. But mm-hmm. it's different when they can see it um, through the person that's reading it to them. So that was a really lovely point. Thank you. Oh, this was something, this is purely selfish, to be honest with you, um, in researching. So I love language. I think it's amazing how much language is evolving, especially when it comes to sexuality. And it's so inclusive. And so uh, I was familiar with LGBTQ+. Plus, mm-hmm. And then when I was researching, it has definitely evolved, which I, I think is fabulous. So it, it's now two... S-L-G-B-T-Q-A-I plus. So I know Mm Two-Spirit, but the A-I, that I wasn't familiar with. Can you tell me what that is? Yeah, so I'm going to speak to a few of those things. So for folks out there, the 2S should always be at the front of our acronym. They're our first people. Our Two-Spirit people are our first people. That's part of reconciliation. And so moving that, shifting it to the front instead of always having it at the back is, is very important. Um, the AI, so the A stands for asexual. Asexual mm. is a spectrum as well. So asexual really essentially in its core means folks that don't 
experience that sexual sensation, right? But it's also a spectrum. Some do eventually if there's an emotional connection with that person. Mm -hmm. So asexuality is also a spectrum just like gender identity, just like any other sexuality. And then the I stands for intersex. Um, so those are folks who um, are assigned at birth intersex. So people think there's two sexes at birth and there's actually three. Um, intersex means folks who are born with, they're born with chromosomes or genitalia that may fall in between or outside of male and female. Okay. And so it's a, there was a term that was historically used that is very derogatory now that we, we no longer use. So we use the term intersex. That's also a huge community that is doing a lot of advocacy on stopping to operate on babies when they're born based on the fact of them being intersex because sometimes we're getting it wrong mm -hmm. or causing permanent damage. And so it's really important that we're highlighting intersex people within our acronym. Oh, that's fabulous. Thank you so much for taking the time to explain that to me. I was not aware of the reconciliation portion and, and moving that portion of the acronym. I think that's fantastic. And oh, I'm just so grateful. This will be difficult because uh, this whole conversation, I'll want to like, just learn from you. But I, you know, I have, I have other business that I have to remind myself of. So let's get back to that. Let's see here. So, oh, so um, where I became aware of Diversity Ed's formal involvement with programs and stuff in town in terms of adult entertainment was Witch Perfect. And that was so flipping cool. I got to meet Tina Burner backstage. I was so excited. That was so, so, so cool. And I know that that is not the only event that you guys have been mm -hmm. involved in. And I would love to hear about that process and how you're getting those cool acts in town for us. Absolutely. So first off, which perfect, amazing. It was so beautiful. The quick origin of that, that encounter was I actually was in Ottawa at a conference and a friend of mine was with me and it doesn't know a lot about drag and they're like i think there's a tina turner impersonator in town tonight named tina burner i'm like no <laughs> yes I think it's right now and so i saw their one person show so we had stayed connected and then when they messaged us about hey we're gonna do a spoof on hocus pocus called witch perfect i was like i need to message brian austin right now because i feel like this is something our city needs to see and our minds were blown when we pretty much sold out in three days it was just and then the show was way more than I even thought. Like, it was so fantastic. But we've been able to do those things because we also know that drag is a big part of our history. You know, a lot of our early movements started with Black trans women. And some of our trans women, which a lot of folks don't know, start off with drag as a safe way for them to be themselves. And so I always want to acknowledge that. And so, you know, drag is a part, a big part of our culture. You know, it's a big part of our arts and culture within the queer and trans community. And so we've made it a priority. Every other month we um, bring down a different headliner and we utilize local performers and we use it as a way, number one, to bring great culture to Sarnia Lambton. And secondly, as a fundraiser to support our youth programming and our adult programming. And so we've been able to bring quite a few folks down. We actually have Isis Couture coming up 
very soon, which is already sold out. And then in December, we have a whole array of amazing drag artists coming to do our Hollis Lay show. And it's, it's just so much fun. And it's great for everyone in our community. You know, you don't have to be a part of the 2SLGBTQAI plus community to come and enjoy these events. They're for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And so we encourage folks, if you're curious, if you have misconceptions about drag performers, come to a show first. Mm-hmm. Come sit down and see this. It's art. It is beautiful and it's wonderful. And these drag artists are so talented and put so much work into their performances. And we have drag queens, drag kings, non-binary performers. You know, like there's so many beautiful artists out there that have such an array of genre to their drag. And it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. It is, uh, it's, there's the music and there's the campiness. It's just, it's, it, it really is a lot of fun. And I love that you're invited. Those who are just kind of curious or not sure about it, a drag show, absolutely. That's the perfect place for exposure and, and to find a, a new level of understanding. I'm so excited to see what other stuff you guys come up with and, and continue to bring to the community. So then, um, Going back to, forgive me for jumping around all the places, this is me being excited and not, <laughs> like, ah, I have so many things to talk about. Um, going back, ooh, 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 ooh. So going back when I was looking at the kids' programs, there was uh, a program, I think it was called It's All Drag, and it was a youth expressive arts program. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And I, I think that was for a grade school level. Is that right? Yes. And it was high school. High school. Yeah. yeah, so, like, what a... Um, Talk about, you know, finding an opportunity to gain understanding exposure when you're curious or you're just, you don't know. Uh, Can you tell me more about that program for the kids? Yes. Honestly, that was probably the most selfish program of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I grew up around drag and it was something that I really admired Mm. and we had so many youth that were curious or I want to try it or I want to play with makeup and I want to play with this art and I want to you know just be exposed to it and so our current program um, coordinator Dylan who is actually Miss Poison Ivy Lee who is a local drag artist um, was our facilitator for It's All Drag and we had um, a 10-week program where we brought youth in they had to register and it was a closed group and they got to learn makeup skills. They got to learn about performing. They got to figure out who are your icons? Who are you looking up with? Who is this persona that you want to bring forward? And then the great part was why? Because a lot of times I don't feel like I have a voice or I get to be my true self when I when I go into drag. And then you see them start to do those things outside of drag right? So they learn to find their voice and and their power. And actually at our ISIS show, one of our It's All Drag graduates is one of our openers. We haven't announced them yet, but I'm giving you this first and you can hear it. Um, And they're going to be doing their first ever live performance with ISIS Couture. How cool is that? And it's just great opportunities for young people to get to play with art and really hone into some of our history and our culture and it was such a great program we're hoping to bring it back soon um, because we have so many people interested we also have adults that want us to do when it's uh, yes please that sounds so fun <laughs> and i mean so those are things that we're definitely working on in the next year to have those um develop again oh awesome that's <laughs> i get fomo with all these kids things and so it's nice to hear 
that maybe the adults could have some fun too. Uh, so is there, oh, 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 here's another one. Um, trans glowing. It was a support group. The term glowing, when I was researching that word, there was all kinds of, like, it's a very saturated term on the internet. And so I thought maybe asking someone as educated and immersed in it as yourself, where that terminology comes from would be a wise choice. So when saying trans glowing, it's just like really making sure that like trans folks are getting the visibility they deserve. It's about, you know, celebrating transness, you know, and really honing in on that because trans is beautiful, right? And I think that that's where that term, you know, thrives for us is that we want our trans folks to know that you deserve to be seen. Everything about you is beautiful, you know? It's, it's, it's to be celebrated. We want to celebrate our trans brothers, sisters, and non-binary siblings. And so it's really important to use language that empowers trans folks. Thank you for explaining that. Um, we've come a long way in culture, but we still have a long way to go. So, ooh, so I got a note here that you guys were at the Sarnia Lambton Chamber of Commerce business showcase was that was this week that was last night that was last yeah. night okay tell me all about it that sounds exciting yeah so we're uh starting limpton chamber members the chamber has been so supportive of diversity ad and we're so grateful for them so the showcase last night was um amazing businesses at tables we brought ours out there and we were really talking about at that time our training services and our corporate services so uh, we do diversity and inclusion audits with different organizations. We also provide intensive customized trainings. Um, we've done stuff in the plants. We do it in education systems, social services, healthcare, government, private business. We've been training all over the country. So it's something that we offer and all of the funding that we use from our training services go directly back to diversity ed because we are not um, government funded. We don't currently have um, multi-year grants so we are sustaining ourselves through donation in our training services. And so it's really important that we're getting the message out there. It's also important that people lean in and do the work that they need. Diversity and inclusion and anti-oppression is such important work that really needs to be done so that we can create safer spaces outside of places like diversity ed. We want them to be able to go to their job and feel safe. We want them to be able to go shopping and feel safe. And so that's really the mission of what diversity ed wants to do across the country. Uh, there's a lot going on in my head and I can't spit it out it's like my brain goes faster than my mouth um su such important work you're doing so uh, diversity and inclusion audits that sounds kind of serious and a little scary yeah. how does that how do you go about those processes yeah so those are really um policy procedure review we do physical audits of spaces so for example, we'll walk into a space, we'll look at signage, we're going to look at your bathrooms. Mm. If it's healthcare, we're looking at exam rooms. What do you have on your walls, representation in your marketing materials? We look at all of those pieces to say, where do we see us in your space? Do we see us in your space? Do your policies and procedures, do your bylaws match what in who you're serving? Mm. And so that's what we do. We help folks really do the work. Because I think sometimes what happens is we're just like, oh yeah, we just want to check a box off. And then, but then what are you doing with that next step? 
And so we've done that with a few um, organizations around here and businesses, and, and they're appreciative of that. Sometimes we don't know what we don't know, right? Yeah, and so even a bathroom sign, for example, I'm like, that doesn't work, right? And it's a simple change, but they weren't aware of it. Mm-hmm. So it's those pieces that we really do to kind of do the action, because we always say at Diversity Ed, allyship is an action word right? It expires at the end of every day. And every morning, you have to do action again. And so what is the action past this training? And so that's what those audits are. Uh, Yeah, because it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, I totally support y'all. I want to be there for you. I'm an ally. But you gotta, you gotta do those things to back up those words. Uh, So is it primarily do you do you approach businesses that you think might benefit or do they approach you or is it kind of both? It's, it's both. We've had lots of folks reach out to us. Um, we also do things where we reach out to folks and say, hey, have you thought about this? Um, and, and ask those questions. Most people are so receptive. We've actually had more people reach out to us than we've needed to reach out, which I always love. When they're reaching yeah. out to us, that means they're in, right? Oh, yeah. And so it's so important. And we try to make sure that we have the information out there and accessible. We have our service fee list. We, we talk to folks at length. And we try to make whatever their budget is work, right? There's some mm-hmm. folks that can pay our full fees. And then there's some folks that we can't. We've even done the barter system with folks, which I love. We've had businesses that are like, I'm a small business. I want some training. Do you have some services you can offer our clients in exchange, right? And so we do that. If it's a nonprofit, they don't have a ton of money. Let's make this work because you deserve this too, right? Mm -hmm. So we try to make sure that the finances is the least barrier that we're going to put up. We can overcome that. It's all of this other work. I love that. Especially, you know, in a smaller town, like I come from a big, bigger city and there's definitely a small town vibe in Sarnia. So it's super, it's so wholesome and sweet to hear that there's bartering going on to make sure that we have inclusive work environments. We are currently celebrating Transgender Awareness Week, the 13th mm-hmm. to the 19th. And I have been enjoying the awareness on Diversity Ed's page excuse me, of people who have influenced and perhaps we're, myself, I guess I'm learning how not in the loop I am about all of the transgender icons that are out there that are influencing our culture in positive ways. Uh, Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So Trans Awareness Week actually is the week leading up to Transgender Day of Remembrance. Mm. And Transgender Awareness Week is really to highlight and celebrate trans visibility and the folks in the community that are doing that work or the icons that, you know, are in the public eye that maybe people don't know about that are really advocating for change. And so we've been trying to post one or two a day of different folks that we look up to at Diversity Ed. And I mean, there's so many, but we encourage folks this week, elevate those voices, share trans people's posts, share that information. I mean, we should be doing that every day of the year. We don't need to do it just once week Mm -hmm. because trans people are here 52 weeks of the year. But this week, it's so important to talk about that because on Sunday, on November 20th, every year on November 20th, we honor Trans Day of Awareness, which is a day where we have a vigil for all of the trans people that have been murdered in the last year. And the reason this started was in two... 
sorry, it was in 1998, um, a trans woman had lost a trans sister. And within a few months, another trans woman died. And people forgot about that other trans woman. And we were like, this is not okay. Because our trans women and our non-binary and trans men, they aren't really counted when it comes to homicides or acts of violence that lead to death. And so there is an organization that really counts this and makes sure that their names are spoken. And so unfortunately this year, our rates go up every year. We have 390 trans people that have died due to violence. And in, in Canada, we have three that have been documented. And I say documented because Canada is very polite about violence and very polite about assault, and we don't count trans people. And so there's lots of reasons why people in Canada might not be counted. They might not have their ID changed. They may have used the trans excuse in court, which is, I didn't know they were trans, so that's why I assaulted them. There's lots of these reasons why we don't count trans people. And so we are honoring all of those trans people that have been lost. One of the saddest cases this year in Canada, we have a 10-year-old that we have to honor. And every time I say it, it chokes me up because there's never a reason why any child should die due to violence. And we honor all violence. So this 10-year-old died by suicide due to bullying and harassment. So they died by violence. And so we're going to honor those people on Sunday. Uh, we have Jace Carver coming in, who I shared on our page, who is the most fierce trans advocate and my sister and a survivor to come and share her story of violence that she's experienced in her life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, her story of resilience and pushing back against a system that doesn't want her to have a voice. And so, you know, we're, we're holding that at Diversity Ed and um, it's open to everyone. We really encourage people to come out if they're able to. Um, we're gonna try to live stream it as well so that people can hear that message live on our Instagram. So it's, it's a day for us to be together as a community and really honor the lives of all of these people that have lost their voice due to violence. That is very powerful. I, the way that this episode is slotted, it will occur after this event, unfortunately. But if you, anything that I could share on my website, please do send it to me and I would, I would be happy to. And thank you for, for sharing that with me. It's not easy to talk about those difficult things, but that's why it's important to do so. Um, so then I feel like this might be a good point in the episode. Normally on the show, I give the guest kind of a soapbox or an opportunity to talk about a side hustle or a charity that they're particularly involved in. But for you, I think I might be a little selfish and, and guide this a little bit because I do want to hear more about your organization. So I'm hoping that you will take a few minutes to tell people how to get involved directly with Diversity Ed or maybe indirectly as volunteers or, or donors or in any other capacity. 
Absolutely. So Diversity Ed is a charity, a local charity. So we have different platforms that we can accept donations on. So you can contact me directly via email. My email is on the website. You can also contact me through all of our social media platforms. We also run Sarnia Lambton Pride Fest. So we're always looking for sponsorship for that. So if that's a space that you're like, I really want to be involved in the arts and culture, and that's something you're passionate about, those are ways to sponsor. We're always looking for sponsorship for our programming. Snacks. These youth eat us out of house and home. <laughs> so if you have snacks, bring them over. We will take them. Um, you know, and then we're always looking for volunteers. We have amazing programming and amazing people that we support. So we have adult programming during the day. We have uh, trans support. We have our youth programs. Once our 10-week programs come back, like it's all drag and those other folks that we support through 10-week programming, we need volunteers for that. And then events. You want to volunteer at Pride Fest. It's a great time. You get to see some amazing entertainment while you're volunteering. And so we're always looking for folks out there. So reach out to us directly. My email is very simple. It's crystal at diversity.ca. Um, you can also, like I said, I'm the one that checks the messages on all of the social media platforms. So definitely reach out to us. We also have a contact box on our website and a donate direct button. Okay. That was a very succinct, very thorough answer thank you very much now um before i let you go because the more i talk to you the more i realize how extremely busy you are is there anything else that you you want to add anything at all um that you want to highlight or talk about yeah so i you know i think i just want to give that message out there that you know the 2s lgbtq ai plus needs are allies mm-hmm. and i did share this but you know, allyship is an action word and we need your voices. We need, you know, the voices from this community to be heard. And so when we see injustice or we see, you know, people making homophobic or transphobic comments, it's our job as allies to lean in and be like, hey, friend, like, that's not funny. Or like, let's change that language. And I think that's what we need to see more of. We need to see more people coming out to drag story time and being present. We need to see people at our events, you know, because we do have protesters that show up to things like drag story time, to places like Pride Fest. And sometimes it's exhausting for our community to combat those protesters and have those conversations. We do them. I do them very well. Um, Dave Doucette or Miss Amanda Villa does them very well. But it's emotionally exhausting for us. And sometimes that's where we want our allies to step in or cover those signs with fabric, or drum really loud so we don't have to hear those slurs when there's protesters. You know, this year we're going to bring a march to Sarnia Lambton. Everyone was asking us for a parade. They're never a parade. They're a march. And so we will have a march this year, and I know that that will attract those folks. Come and stand on the sidelines. Come and be there as a support for us, you know. That's what we need, is people to lean in and offer that support. So I encourage each of you to take that challenge. If you want to learn more, you can contact me. You know, if you don't have all the language, contact me. I can send you the little cheat sheets that we have. We're here to help you too. Yes, please. Sorry to be selfish and interrupt you, but yes, please send me send me all those yes. sheets. Okay, please continue. Yeah, and so we really want to make sure that we equip our allies with everything that they need. And sometimes that's language. Sometimes that's just a conversation to be like, hey, how could I have handled this? And I'm going to speak for myself because I don't mind sitting down and doing some of that emotional labor with people. But that's me. You have my consent to do that. 
right? Sometimes our community members, they're already exhausted. Yeah. So please definitely reach out to us if you need support. I encourage you to do so because we need strong allies out there, especially right now in this climate because we're very, we're very tainted by the climate of the states. Mm. And so we have this happening here. Like a lot of people are like, oh, this happens in the states. This is happening in the south states. No, it happens in Sarnia-Lampton. It happens in my Instagram inbox. I have people message me all the time saying people like you shouldn't live what you're doing is an abomination you need to go to hell i hear all of these things and i can handle those things i've been doing it for a long time but it is exhausting right so we have those people here and so we need voices sometimes outside of ours to elevate that message that this is not tolerated in our city right yeah it it strikes me that you have become able to deal with that. And that is, that's heartbreaking to me that you can, and you are a very warm person and never when you've corrected me, have I been like, jeez, oh, I felt like it was nurturing. Like you really genuinely are invested in me learning, but it is, it does tug at, tug at my heart to know that because you've been exposed to so much hatred, you're now accustomed to it. Um, and thank you for, bringing all of that awareness to me and, and giving suggestions for people who want to take more action. The, the March, is there a date for that? So we are going to have our Pride Festival this year back at the Suncor Agora. Um, it's around the same time. It's going to be in July. So it is going to be July 14th, 15th, and we're going to have the March on the 16th of July. Okay, good to know. Okay, um, forgive me for getting a little... I'm kind of a big old softy. Um, but yeah. Tears are healing. Tears are healing. Let them go. Thank you. Stop it. You're very good. Just like I feel like I've been getting a hug from you this whole time. It's lovely. Thank you. Um, so incredibly grateful to have had your time today. Like I said, I can tell how flippin' busy you are. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us and, and the, me to come out here and talk about the amazing folks that I get to work with every single day. Okay. And I, I hope I get to work with you in other ways. My brain is already, the little hamster up here is like, because uh, I'm hoping to get more involved. Um, but yeah, so hopefully I will see you in real life really soon. Yes. And thank you again. I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, kids, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Our next guest is Sam Reagan. See you in a couple weeks.